Hello, and welcome to The Cornered Game Table, a podcast about board games, the people who play them, and the amazing experiences that are just waiting to be had when you sit down with other people around a game table. The group has assembled at the best table in the house, and we've been saving a seat just for you. I'm your co-host, Josh, and I'm very excited today to present the podcast's new identity and structure with this, our first episode in the new format. Along with changes in the content, I'm pleased to present my three new co-hosts who have agreed to join in on our discussions about all things board gaming. Allow me to introduce my new co-hosts that are sitting around the virtual table here. I'm going to give each of them an opportunity to introduce themselves and give a little bit of background on how they got into the hobby of board gaming. First up is Andrew. How are you today, good oh, man. sir? Man, I have to go first? What's up with that? <laughs> By the way, can I just say, this beautiful mahogany table that you have here, that we're all sitting around, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It is, in fact, solid mahogany. I know. It's fantastic, isn't it? It was, it was uh, brought over from the uh, craftsmen and artisans of the uh, <laughs> finest European table makers. The finest European table makers making the finest mahogany table. I love it. I feel so special sitting around this table. I always walk into boardrooms and see long mahogany tables and wonder, how can I get a seat? And the answer is, I need to know Josh. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who am I? I am Andrew. I am a co-host of the family I don't know. That was weird. I'm blaming the scotch. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I am Andrew. I am a uh, co-host of the Family Gamers podcast with my wife, Anitra. She's the better uh, half of the show, I suppose. Uh, we have three kids. We've been board gaming for many, many years. And so about eight years ago, we said uh, we should start a podcast. Actually, to be honest, I said we should start a podcast. And my wife was exhausted because we had a newborn. And she said, fine, whatever. And uh, sucker, uh, we just released <laughs> 300 and uh 46 episode 346 of our show so we've been doing it for a while we're having a, a ton of fun and uh yeah that's uh that's who i am and that's what we do you can go to thefamilygamers.com we have over 500 board game reviews looking at board games from a family perspective fantastic all right well next is our new co-host heather heather how are you today i'm doing great thank you for uh inviting me to the table I'm glad definitely. to be here with all of y'all. <laughs> mm -hmm. We've been laughing so much before the show, so like everybody's in for a treat. This is going to be wild. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I basically got started. Uh, I've been gaming my entire life, honestly. Um, my siblings and I grew up gaming, so I've always enjoyed the community aspect of it. Um, that's really what brought us all together. And uh, it wasn't until about four years ago that I decided to um, kind of turn it into something a little bit and share my board gaming adventures with the world. So I created Board Gaming Mama and I started on Instagram and I just wanted to start by just taking pictures of any kind of gaming adventures I had or things just to kind of say, you know, here's what I thought of this game. Um, and then it just kind of quickly grew and mm -hmm. uh, me sharing my thoughts about board games turned into companies wanting to send me games to review. And then it turned into other platforms. I made sure I secured my name on other platforms ahead of time. Um, and uh, I've quickly grown into streaming board games now and showing them off as well um, as my digital games that I do. So now I'm kind of like all across on different platforms, um, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, YouTube now even. <laughs> um, so that's just kind of what it is. I, I basically am just sharing my thoughts on all the different board games that I encounter, um, helping to spread word about upcoming games that are coming out, um, helping in any way I can. Um, and my goal has always been just to hopefully be able to share um, a game that somebody will discover that they didn't know about and make it more accessible for them to learn about the games and that way they can find their next favorite game. That's kind of always been um, what I've wanted to do and it's been my journey so far. That's excellent. That's the most important part, right? Like that's it. You've reached the pinnacle. Is You're here at Josh. the mahogany table. <laughs> And last but certainly not least is Drew. Would you share with the listeners a little bit about your start in the hobby? Hello, hello. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. I'm very honored to be here and very much 
the least of the last. So oh, there we go. Oh my goodness gracious. Here we go, everybody. <laughs> Humility. <laughs> oh goodness. But no, uh, again, thank you. I'm glad to be a part of this team. I'm glad to be here at this uh, mahogany table uh, and as well using meta going into the metaverse. So you didn't mention that part. That was the That's interesting right. part. That's right. We're all uh, digital avatars in the uh, in the new metaverse here. <laughs> I've I never stop being a cat. Did you guys see that video of that lawyer who couldn't yes. get the filter off? <laughs> Your Honor, I am not a cat. Um... <laughs> oh goodness. Well. Anyways, uh, hello everyone. My name is Drew. I am. Uh, I've been a gamer for pretty much my whole life. I didn't start taking tabletop gaming seriously until about almost ten years ago, um, when I uh, had just gotten into college, or, or probably about sophomore year of college. And so my roommates and I. Uh, we played a lot of board games. There's so many weekends that were gone just to board gaming, and it was fantastic. Great memories. A lot of tables flipped. It was a wonderful thing. <laughs> I I picked back. I picked the hobby back up uh, after after college. I kind of stopped for a little while, and I began to pick it back up somewhere around 2019. Um, as well, about two years later, in 2021, I started uh, recording myself and creating content through that. And it was just something simple of, oh, let me tell you about the games that I've played this past weekend. And it ended up uh, becoming something where it just pretty much consumed about 95% of my life. So, which is a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic thing to say. It really is. It really is. Because... Because there are so many more tables out there that I need to flip. <laughs> but thank you so much. I'm and it's because of the content creation. It's because of it's because of tabletop gaming that I'm able to be here. That I'm able to have these lovely conversations, interactions uh, with all of you. And so uh, that led me to a lot of friendships too. And so I'm very very thankful to be here. Well, fantastic. Aww. Rock on, man. <laughs> that is the best part of it, isn't it? All, all the people that you get to meet and the friendships that you get to make. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for those of us with families that have been successful in actually forcing your children, I mean, encouraging <laughs> your children to, I know. Uh, to play games, right? Especially during the pandemic, right? Like having your own kids. Like I always make this joke is like, I couldn't find a board game group, so I grew one. Like, yeah, right. that's, you know, I say works. that all the time. I'm like, I it's just awesome. created ga more gamers. Yeah, <laughs> I created my own gamers. <laughs> People sometimes ask me, why did you have four kids? And I said, because I had to make sure I had a couple of board gamers in there. Right, right. You never know. Like one yeah. of them is not Some so of my of gamers, gamers are players so. four to six. I need more people. <laughs> <laughs> I have a game in for review right now that is minimum player count three. So, like, I can't even play with just my wife. Like, I yeah. have to get kids right. involved. They have to be involved. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but we are expecting one on the way. Yeah. So, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, pack, man. All right. That's right. <laughs> but I have, a, I have a serious question, Drew. So, what's the other 5% of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Sleep? Well, that is a great question. <laughs> Any other? So about three more percent of it is the other nerd stuff that I like. <laughs> and, you know, oh, and, uh, you know, my, like my, my spouse. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like oh, that. My wife, my yeah. <laughs> my, sp my spouse gets, uh, yeah, she's a part of the ner other nerdy stuff. Um, <laughs> Driving from board game group to board game group is 2%. So, right, you know, right. That's, right. that's it. Right. That's it. Yeah. And then and then about maybe about 0.5% as well is, is uh, going on to Facebook and stalking any other board gaming stores and being like, hey, do y'all have a good gaming group there? <laughs> that's you got to do the research. <laughs> 
I'm dedicated to the research. I have nothing here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the problem I run into there, Drew, is that when I'm on Facebook looking at those things, I end up in the Facebook groups where people are buying and selling and trading used games. And that is a a rabbit hole that I try not to go down. (laughs) Right. My dude, I have five boxes of games for the next board game sale. (laughs) (laughs) My house. It's bad news. All right, so question for the table. What was the first game? And I'm going to go ahead and exclude all the kids' games that we all played, you know, when we were little kids, shoots and ladders and Candyland and stuff. What was the first game that really made you go, what is this thing all about? Mm. I'm going to cop out and say ladies first. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Yeah, get used um, to this, Heather. So, <laughs> I actually do have an answer for this. So the first game that made me realize, ooh, I want to see more games, <laughs> was um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig by Bayzier Games. That it, Excellent. It, I, up until then, I had really only played, like, Cards Against Humanity, like the more mainstream stuff, like you were saying, like life, like um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty princess, <laughs> mall <laughs> madness, you know, like all, I've, my family's a phase 10 family. We play phase 10 and Yahtzee all the time. So like those are our yeah. like go to games, you know, but it wasn't until I played that when I had a friend, um, Jamie, who brought that over um, and he was a big board gamer and I had just really hadn't played anything else. And he brought it over. He was like, let's have a game day. Um, we had just moved into town where he lived and when he brought it over um, and showed me what it was and then it taught us the rules, we started playing. I just didn't realize that games could be more comprehensive like that. Like I didn't realize there could be more strategy to it in a way like you could. And the whole idea too of like building your castle was very much like I'm a Sims fan. I love the part of Sims where you just like create the house and like create everything and like design it and set everything up and then i'm like done and then i just like in the game i don't play you know so (laughs) so it was very much maintenance right yeah (laughs) so it's very much the creation part of that game really appealed to me and the whole like tile lane part of it where they could fit together and you could create the rooms like so that it, it was very appealing and that's when i kind of realized i was like wait a second are there more games out there like this and so that's when i that kind of tickled my fancy to kind of explore and see what else was out there. Man, I wish I wish my experience with castles was <laughs> that positive. I that was one of those games. Like I, I literally, I had a copy and I tried to play it like three or four times, and there was just something about it that just I don't know, man. I just couldn't get into it. Like and yeah. and and I'm not that person who says like this game you know sucks or whatever because I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Like every right. game, I think right. everybody there's a game for everybody. Whatever. Like that's awesome. Very clearly, Bezier has been super successful with that line. Yeah. You know, this is very much a like it's not you, it's me kind of a problem. <laughs> right. But I just like because I mean everything about that game conceptually appeals to me, but I just it just never came together for me. So I'm very I'm always glad when I hear that about a game that didn't click mm-hmm. for me that it worked for other people. So that's awesome. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. the same way. I mean, I definitely feel like there's definitely a game out there for everyone, and you might like a concept of a game and then yeah you pl- there's been plenty of games where i've liked the concept and then i played it and i'm like well i don't know if i really like this game yeah mm-hmm. you yeah, know totally. or i was kind of disappointed because i wanted it to be more you know conceptually mm. well and for games with with larger player counts too sometimes it's the group you're playing with you know That's i've had some too. games where where uh i've played a game and it fell flat on its face and i just felt like oh i thought i was really gonna like that you know and mm-hmm. and then later i played it with a, a different set of people and it really it just jived, you know, and that's and, true uh, too. Yeah, yeah. And other other games, it's like it's a seasonal life thing, right? Like, I'll mm-hmm. give you a perfect example. I I had a copy of Twilight Struggle. Now that game, that game's legit. Like, have you has anybody here ever played Twilight Struggle? Like for yeah. realsies, like that game is awesome. But also, it took me two hours to get through the first turn of that game the first time <laughs> I played it, right? Because there's a lot going on, right? But you know, both the guy the guy that I played this with, like, he was literally an American history teacher. And myself, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, this is this is awesome. 
and we loved it and it took us like five hours to play the game the just the first time like the second time it took us two hours it was fine but like the reality of that and it was like then he got married and had a baby and like i already had kids and it was like this game is never going to get played in my house so i moved on from the game because i knew that that game could get loved by someone else right right so Mm -hmm. like sometimes it's not just this particular game doesn't click for me as a person but it's also Mm -hmm. like a period of life thing right and yeah, I think right. you hear that a lot with people who like move on from a Grail game and then regret it because they're just like, it just sat on my shelf and I never played it. But now that I'm at a different period of my life, you know, I might, I might play that again. So I don't know. Games yeah. are, for sure. games are interesting in that way. And they're definitely a reflection of who you are at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. I know at the time I only had one child. So, I mean, we had some time to build castles. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Josh, why don't you go next? Uh, well, now I'm going to show my age here um, <laughs> because the uh, the game that I'm going to talk about is pretty esoteric and I bet none of you have heard of it. Um, so when I was a kid in the 80s, there was Wait, wait a... I was a kid in the 80s. You call me old? Well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I mean, tension already. <laughs> Episode one. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll based shut up. I'll based up. on the other ages, the ages of the other people on this podcast, we may be on the older end of things. Going to reach over this mahogany table, right? Don't make me reach over this. Slap thing. you in the metaverse. <laughs> so there was a movie. Maybe you'll remember it, Andrew. Uh, that starred Dabney Coleman called Cloak and Dagger. Do you remember that game? Do you remember that movie? Rather, I, I, I do remember that movie. It was. It, it has not withstood the test of time. So <laughs> don't go back and watch it. It is very terrible. Do not. Uh, but the premise of the game was there was this kid who who was into playing video games, which at the time were also god awful, right? Um, because they were very you know eight bit terrible you know home PC games. Um, but the uh, but the idea of the movie was that uh, uh, and it was actually Henry uh, what's his name Henry Henry Thomas that played Elliot in ET, mm. um, which is probably also a movie. I'm getting blank looks from some people on this podcast. I've, I've seen ET. No, I've, I've <laughs> seen <right>. ET. <laughs> I remember writing the Universal ride where he said my name. <laughs> All right, good, good. Yeah, so the, the the kid that played Elliot in that movie was the kid in this in this movie, and so. So anyway, the, the the premise was he was big into this spy video game, and Dabney Coleman played the spy. Well, they made a board game uh, based on that, and it was actually, um, I want to say it was a Hasbro game, but but don't hold me to that. <laughs> Andrew's saying no. <laughs> I'm saying no to the existence of this board game, not to it, it being a Hasbro game. So I have it on my shelf to this day. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to point out that like in the 1980s, it was either a Hasbro game, a Mattel game or a Parker brothers. Right. Game. And that's, yeah. that's it. Those that's are your options. Right. Yeah. That's it. So, but, but what really made it stand out? I mean, it was, it was still definitely a mass market game, but what really made it stand out is they took the opportunity um, to create within the game experience um, better decisions for you to make as a player, you know, which um, because basically the the concept of the game was that you had uh, a number of spies that were hidden across the globe and and your your goal was to travel to different countries and figure out uh, who your contacts were and who the spies were. And um, it was the first game that I really played that really made me recognize that a game doesn't just have to be like roll and move, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it can it can actually have some some consequential decision making. Do I go to Canada and check here to see if that's mm-hmm. where that next you know contact is that I'm looking for, or do I you know do I go to Europe and try to find this other thing that I'm looking for? And and you know those were I mean you know granted still aimed at at, uh, much younger players right i mean we were playing it when we were you know in our early teens and and but at the time it felt like you know you you were given a set of or you were kind of given a sandbox to work in with some meaningful decisions to make and yeah i think that was that was the first opportunity that i had to recognize wow there's a you know there's an opportunity for board games to be more of an experience than just a you know kind of a throwaway of 15 minutes and then you put it Mm -hmm. put it back in your closet sure Sure. What was it well, called? Was it called Cloak and Dagger? It was called Cloak and Dagger, the board game. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, Very really, nice. They were digging deep for the name on that. Right. One. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very original. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, so I have, a, I have a couple of thoughts about that. Number one, I'm validated because you said early teens in the 80s, which is not true about me. So you are older than me. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was born in the very, very early 80s. So I'm okay. There you go. Although that does technically mean I'm a millennial, which I will resent until the end of time. <laughs> but I digress. Um, number, number two, you know, you talk about decision space, right? Like, I think that's the 21st century term for what you're talking about. Exactly. We talk about that a lot on the Family Gamers podcast. In fact, I'm going to toot my wife's horn for a moment here. Don't worry. This is, this is family friendly. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the first things I think she it literally might have been episode one of the Family Gamers podcast where she said, quote, I would rather get stabbed in the face than play Candyland again. <laughs> and I have a funny feeling that she wouldn't stand by that quote as an actual physical thing. But I think in concept. Um, but she did write an article for the for the website, thefamilygamers.com called Why I Hate Han- Candyland. <laughs> and I recommend any parent okay, read it. Okay. And the reason why any parent should read it is because the moment your kids express an interest in something beyond Candyland, you need to understand everything that that article is talking about. And that is exactly what you're referring to, which is decision space. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. the inflection point on whether or not you're going to lose your kids if you want them to become a hobby board gamer. Because mm-hmm. if they continue in board games where they don't get to make decisions, it will become boring and they will want to move on. Right. And so I'm really glad you talked about that because that is one of the most important ways that you can engender the love of board games in your children is to give them space to make decisions and feel like their opinions actually matter in board games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, of for course. sure. So anyway, let's. well and when you think back to all those simpler games that we played as kids that was always the point where you gave up on them right was you know there wasn't enough to engage you even Mm. you know even a younger person there wasn't enough to engage you for more than just a short span of time and then you just threw it back in the closet and did something else unless you were winning right because everybody likes to win right well oh yeah that was the kind of what most of that devolved into right was just uh lording it over all of the other people that were losing at the time right but that's, I mean, that's the miraculous thing about Euros, right? Is that everybody can play the game until the end, right? And mm-hmm. and maybe you can tell who's going to win, but maybe not, right? Right. And that's cool. You never know. It could come back and be a surprise with those Euros. So that's <laughs> that's, that's right. a great thing about it. And so. I haven't seen the Euro yet where you draw the... Uh, the 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 gumdrop pile and you go to within two squares at the end of the game though that's <laughs> hold on that's, we got an idea s- here yeah, no, that, your, your sister was was uh, stacking the deck and you just didn't know right, right. right. <laughs> oh we got we got see we also design games on this podcast show, yeah right so just <laughs> we'll just speak things into existence it's all good it's all good. Heather and I know people. We can we can get yeah, this we, so. we, we're connected. <laughs> well, my board game design is on that shelf right behind me, right over here. I'm pointing at it. So Excellent. maybe someday I'll show it to you people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. Who's next? Oh goodness. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go with the easy answer and the cop out. <laughs> Of it, but it was Settlers. It was Settlers of Catan. That was the very first. Uh, that was the very first game that I did play. That was kind of above uh, the more um, more childish games. You know, Monopoly, Scrabble, fill in the blank, Candyland, all of that. And um, it, it, I eventually branched out to more uh, to very much more games out there. I can think of. Uh, Camel Up, uh, Pandemic, uh, Ticket to Ride. Those were some of the very first beginning ones. The ones that the one that drew me in, as as strange as as it is, <laughs> was uh, Horrified. That was the one that I was like, oh, there's so much that's out here uh, that I can go to. And uh, as well as well, going back to the discussion of Pandemic, for the longest time, I played pandemic just the regular pandemic but then it was when once i got the legacy game Mm -hmm. and there's a funny story behind that too uh i picked it i i bought uh pandemic uh pandemic legacy season one had no idea what a legacy game was because i had just gotten on a list and saw 
I saw that pandemic was on a list and I went to my local, like it was like retro gaming slash tabletop gaming store. Uh, that was very close and local, like right down the street from my house. And I went there and I had no idea what a legacy game was. I was like, Ooh, this is how much, this is how much, uh, these, these board games are costing. Okay. Right. Cause I was, cause I was working as, as in college I was working and I, you got that board game money. <laughs> I, I did not at that point. Well, college is board game money. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, my scholarship went towards that. So. <laughs> Oh Drew's no! Drew's out no, here borrowing books so you can buy board games. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, hey, the college library is supposed to have every book you right, need. Right, that's so true. You can take that money. Plus, hey, you go look. to the library at the college, like you can't get distracted. So you just that's do your homework there and true. turn the book back in. Yeah. So y'all need to sign up for my financial class that <laughs> right, I'm right, setting right. up, master class. So yeah. we we've Dave got Ramsey that. Dave Ramsey and board games right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But the funny thing was, is I didn't know what the legacy was until mm-hmm. I read it. Cause I played pandemic the normal, the normal way that um, like it was just an average game, but I had this whole legacy game and it wasn't until about six months later that I was like, hold up, there's extra stuff in here. What's going on? What is this? Okay. All right. And um, yeah, I, I played it and saw the weight of my choices. Cause I would just be like, ah, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, lose a game. Okay. We'll play again and we'll just set up and I'll beat you this time. You know, no consequence whatsoever. And then in a <laughs> legacy game, it's like what I do in this game is going to affect the next one. So every choice matters. Yep. <laughs> and so for me, that's, um, I would say that it was the legacy games. If you want to be specific, it was pandemic, but, uh, that was the first, um, that was the first time that I was like, ah, this, this is, this mm-hmm. is a lot. I love a legacy But this game. is good. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh yes. There, uh, I haven't played any other legacy games since, but I'm not opposed to them. So I, I held would, off I for the say... longest time. Cause I was like, why would you spend this much money on a game that you're not going to be able to play? <laughs> or like, I just didn't understand it until mm. yeah, well, it, it was, mine was charter stone was my first one first legacy game yeah. and it was a wonderful experience <laughs> my experience was just simply the reason why i held it off is because the first six months i didn't know what a legacy game was mm-hmm. and then like two years then i held off another two years from that point and the main reason that i held off was because i was like I'm going to be ripping up cards. Yeah. I'm going to be doing all this stuff. You know, I was like, he's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to, I paid so much money for this thing. Oh my gosh. I know, man, that first time you rip a card up, you're just like, Oh, what am I doing? Yeah. It's such a dark concept. Yeah. Right? They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. That, that, cool that, that's experience. something to hurt us. Like, the fact that a board game can like extend in that way is just mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. absolutely so my first experience with that was with rob davio's first foray into that which was the uh risk legacy Ooh, game you played risk mm. legacy nice. yeah and the, the the game has a, a you know a fold over leaf front that tucks into the box right mm-hmm. um and 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 so there's a there's a paper seal on that the the tongue of the box right that keeps it attached until you open it and that paper seal says something like um caution what can what can what is done can never be undone and you know as you're breaking that seal, you're like oh this is gonna be good (laughs) oh my that that rob davio all right andrew you want to share yours oh yeah yeah sure um so yeah i think in a lot of ways mine mine was also Catan. um funny story about settlers um true story did you know that before Settlers of Catan, victory points in board games did not exist? Settlers of Catan was the game oh, that invented victory points. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're in every game now, right? So right, mm-hmm. right. It, it you know, there's certain games I think that even though the board game hobby has passed them, right. uh, In my opinion, um, they are still watershed games. Like Settlers is one of them. Dominion For is sure. another great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ticket to Ride is another example of that. Uh, and all of those are, are the games that uh, you know. For me coming into this uh, i i think at the beginning of what i would call the golden age of board games all of those were games that i played 
there's another Steve Jackson game that I played a crapload of. And by a crapload, I mean, I played it so much that we wore out our copy and had to buy another one. Um, <laughs> and that is the game Illuminati. Have any of you even played this game? Oh, I haven't played it. I have a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Was, yeah, you was, did. Uh, yeah, it you was did. very different. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, is... I'm pretty sure I've played it. Yeah. So in Illuminati, you start as one of the Illuminati, right? And they're, they're, I mean, it's a Steve Jackson game. So it's got Steve Jackson humor and all that dumb stuff. And what you do over the course of the game is you try to acquire all of these different like fringe, um, almost like cult groups, basically, to grow your power as whatever your Illuminati is. And you have to like buy groups and, and you can kind of win them by attacking other players. And so you create this um, like tree, right? Because you can acquire a group and then have that group attack another group. And so that group's power plus your Illuminati's, Illuminati's power are go against the defense of some other group. And like if they have similar um, whatever, they're both liberal, right? Then you mm-hmm. then you would get like a plus to your attack. Or but if you have a liberal and a conservative, then there would there would be like a there's a whole like there's all these stupid rules about it. But the whole the game was dumb. Um uh, I played it a lot in college. That's <laughs> where I met my wife and we played this dumb game together. Uh it's very stupid. But Beautiful. that was the first game that like it was like all right, we're gonna go play six hours of Illuminati on a Saturday because <laughs> homework sucks. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was that game. Right. And that was the game that we really sunk our teeth into. So, um, yeah, I think that was the one that uh, was the one that we constantly went back to Illuminati. Nice. <laughs> that was definitely a game where you realized, Oh, I can poke my friends in the eye for four hours. straight. <laughs> yeah, but, but, it, but it's like, I, the difference is that it's like, it's poking your friend in the eye, but it's not like munch. Like, I don't know. There was something about Munchkin that I just found super obnoxious. Like I just, right. it was annoying. And Illuminati had enough tongue-in-cheek humor to it. And I know Munchkin's supposed to be funny, but it just wasn't for me. And Illuminati was because it was so ridiculous. Like you know, Evil Scientists for a Better Tomorrow. Like when you have a card called Evil Scientists for a Better Tomorrow or Orbital Mind Control Lasers, which by the way, <laughs> the Evil Scientists for a Better Tomorrow are really good at taking over the Orbital Mind Control Lasers. Like <laughs> I, you know, and it's just stupid stuff. Like you just say the words and it makes you laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And that was that was what Illuminati did. And Beautiful. you know, my wife and I both went to a pretty intense technical school, and so finding those opportunities for retreat and those opportunities for like let's just be silly and not let our brain bleed out of our ears for six hours like Mm -hmm. that was a big part of our college experience just the best Mm -hmm. (laughs) really crappy pizza and really dumb board games (laughs) right that's right and uh and then my wife and i fell in love over compiling the linux kernel in operating (laughs) systems wow yeah Yeah, we are dying in the world nerds. Can I tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, and I think that's what board games, board gaming is all about is bringing you together mm-hmm. over, you know, yeah. finding something that you enjoy just doing together. And it takes you out and away from the world for a little while, you know, and away from whatever else you have going on. You can just take some time to just be in the moment together playing something. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm throw this out there as, as all of us, um, we have our, our partners, our respective partners. Something that my wife and I started doing maybe two months ago is, and you know, your schedules might allow this, maybe not. Every Thursday morning, we go out for breakfast and we bring a two-player board game and we play a board game and we have breakfast. Um, and that's great for two reasons. Number one, breakfast is cheaper than dinner. Mm-hmm. So I recommend <laughs> that's it. True. It's, a great, it's a great date. Yeah, and number two... Yeah. It's just a little quieter, right? Like you go to a breakfast place and like there's a bunch of old men talking about politics and that's fine. Like they can do that over (laughs) the corner, but it's just like it's a different vibe than like dinner time. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. I I, it has been I'm not going to say it's been like one of the best things for our marriage or anything like that, because I don't think our marriage like needed work like that. But like it's just (laughs) been it's been a great opportunity to connect in that way. It's like literally like like we're recording this on a Sunday night. Tomorrow is Monday. It's the beginning of a work week. I will be looking forward to Thursday until Thursday. It is mm-hmm. the high point of my week. I highly recommend it for everybody. I think that's it. a great idea. I mean, my husband and I did uh, our anniversary was at the beginning of May and we went out for our anniversary. We went out to our local, we have a brewery um, mm-hmm. that's close by. And just in the afternoon, like we went and dropped the kids off at um, their great grandma's and 
we just we brought a couple board games and we sat down and had drinks and ordered some appetizers and just played some board games and it was really nice to be able to just like reconnect because yeah our lives are so busy totally and especially with like kids running around and like we both Mm -hmm. got jobs and it's he's he works in theater he's a technical theater teacher so he is constantly busy and he's normally like all the shows in the evening and everything so he's super busy all the time and it was just so nice to be able to just sit and have that time together to reconnect and just and like we we just brought a couple of like smaller games like airland and sea and you know our um hedgehog hop from you mm-hmm. know seppi yeah. one of our friends seppi we brought that you know just some simple games to play and it was really nice and the cool thing too is that we had someone come over to the table and was like what's this thing you're doing you know like yeah so then you're kind of like <laughs> you know people are interested that you're like oh they're busting out board games over here <laughs> like, yeah there's like there's like three or four waitresses at this place that we always go um, like literally the name of this restaurant by the way is family table i mean could you, you know what i mean right? <laughs> how could you and not you go there and play go. Games, I know. Right? of course right? well the the only thing i don't like about this place is that it, the food comes out too fast i feel like it's like one turn oh yeah, game yeah. right food is already there but like they come over and they're like oh what game are you playing this week like they know that we're gonna come and we're gonna play a game. Like it's yeah, a thing. Like we've been doing it for cool. months now. So highly recommend. Y'all, we my wife and I, we tried that. We tried that. Um <laughs> we tried that, but you know, there's only so much of that where we're just like, oh, we just kinda like to be left by ourselves. So what we did was is we uh we save any of the new games or any uh any, you know, with higher uh level thinking and whatnot we save that for the weekend but then we'll pull out something that we uh kind of have uh we always look forward to uh wednesday night we call that chipotle night because we go and eat chipotle <laughs> right. instead hey, of cooking at schedule, home man. See, but the difference nice. is like that you don't have kids running around driving you insane right so like that yeah it's a, yes. it's a seasonal life thing it's a seasonal life thing yeah. right i totally yeah, respect for sure. it but yeah yeah, and so we'll play something like point salad, tinder blocks, whatever mm-hmm. we can really kind of think of. We did we did try that. We did try to play out in public at restaurants and stuff like that. But then uh, you know, you know, we just kinda like to be left to ourselves for the most part. So mm-hmm. we'll like to sit there and talk with each other and spend time with each other. No offense to anybody who does that. No, none whatsoever. How dare you? But I'm, I'm you scum. Monster. Look, <laughs> I'm the worst. It definitely has to be the right place, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you I know, to, to Andrew's point, it's, you know, I, I find that when we try to do that, the food always comes out too quickly. Right. And you're right in the middle of, of getting the things set up and going. And yeah. And, uh, and then here, here comes, you know, two large plates of food and you're like, all right, well, I guess I got to push this off to the side. Right. (laughs) Well, we're at the point now where we kind of know that. So like we set the game up on the side, like, like we get there. I mean, it's a breakfast thing, right? So like all the jam goes up on the shelf, you know, (laughs) the the little tray of jam and like the napkin (laughs) holder, like all that crap is gone. The second we sit down, we're like, we're playing a game over here. It's not happening. Yeah. We, um, we definitely want to institute that um, because I think that's really good advice. Andrew, we definitely want when we because when we did that, we were like, this is such a great idea. We want to start doing this more regularly so mm-hmm. we can have yeah, that you, time. You have to, to sc- like you have to schedule it. Right? You do. And that, for us, that's why every week works like I am very, very blessed with my job mm-hmm. that I, I'm full time work from home and I have been for years and years. And so like I, I don't have a commute in the morning. So like even though I've got to kind of get back to work by like nine, nine, ten or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, it's not like I'm driving into, you know, some city or something like that. So I have that opportunity and I understand that some people don't. And so I I do want to be cognizant of that. But like regularly has to be scheduled in the sense that it's like for us, it's it's every Thursday morning and it might be every other Sunday afternoon or whatever that is. But it's worth it. Invest. I totally, totally can't say enough good things about that as a concept. Oh, for sure. Well, and I'm interested. um, When do y'all learn? how do y'all handle rules for new games? Like if you've got a new game, do y'all learn the rules ahead of time? Do you like learn them together with your partner, whoever you're playing with? Like, how do you handle rules? Just go straight into it. Don't yeah, even right. look Just at the like, rule book. Why is that there? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is if, how it's played. Like, I'm actually I'm made learning, it better. If I'm learning, yeah. everybody's learning. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> so, well, that's an interesting question. So, I mean, in the context of like a two player game, like usually one of us will flip through the rule book and then right. we'll have a general idea, but it's not like oh, I know everything. It's just like, 
it's eh, kind of how it's going to get set up, but we're going to refer to the rule book as we play. If it's a family game, usually what will happen is my wife and I will play a throwaway game of it just to kind of get the That's sense of idea. it. Because yeah. if you're trying to work through a rule book with kids at the table, oh, they're yeah, like, no. nah, eh, 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 time out. Can I have a, you know, can I have a popsicle or something? Yep, like, yep. they're just like, I'm out of here. Forget this. You, if you're going to pick up a rule book where you're trying to play a game with the family, you might as well just throw in the towel immediately. Mm-hmm. I've made that mistake more than a few times. I I tried to sit my kids down when they were way. They weren't too young to play the game, but I set them down to play Mice and Mystics when they were young enough that the minute I started scanning through the rule book to make sure I was saying something right, I lost all of them. My dude, it's so funny that you said Mice and Mystics because I literally have right here the game that we are currently in the process of reviewing, (laughs) which is Hickory Dickory from Plaid Hat, which I really like this game. And by the way, my only issue with this game is that it's a plat hat game. And and what I mean when I say that, it sounds awful. It's not, I don't mean it in a bad way. Um, How dare you? <laughs> Me so having no ties to them. There's something special about the elegance of a game where the rules just make sense. And you mm-hmm. don't need to continue to go back to the rule book and mm-hmm. figure things out. I'll give you a great example of a game that's complicated, but it works, is Lacrimosa. I love that game. And one of the reasons why I love that game is there's a little bit of iconography to get over, but then the game just flows like the, the icons point you to the next icons. Right. So you can, you can figure out the flow of the game without constantly going back to the rule book. And I would say that by the way, Hickory Dickory does the best job out of any plat hat game that I've ever played of working you through that. Like there's the whole chirp anagram when you make it to mid to, to to 12, every time you get back up to 12 Mm -hmm. and that kind of helps you like, okay, these are the steps that you take and like, that's great. But you, you cannot play this game without the rule book the first five times you play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's constantly been my issue with Plaid Hat games because they're gorgeous. They're well put together. The mechanics are super smart. They're mm-hmm. very, very clever. And once you know they, the rules, they're fun to play. Yeah, but they yeah. don't have that thread <laughs> of elegance that pulls them together. <laughs> and so no matter how good the game is in an abstract context, from a family perspective, which is exactly what you're talking about, Josh, I, I can't. You know, like when we review games, we we do art, we do mechanics, and we do family fun. And this game is like, you know, it's probably a nine on art. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's probably like a seven and a half on mechanics because I think a lot of that stuff makes sense. But family fun, I'm like, dude, I got to drag people through this thing. And I just, I, but the game's supposed to be eight plus, right? They're just the thread to pull someone through the flow of the mechanics. It's just not there with Plat Hat games. And it's so like I've played almost everything that Plat Hat has put out, mm-hmm. like almost everything. Mm-hmm. And I run into this problem constantly. So I feel you on Mice and Mystics, man. I do. And and as somebody who lives in constant fear when I play board games that I am telling somebody the wrong rules, <laughs> it drives me bonkers when I feel like I have to stop and pick the book up a thousand I, yeah. times, right? Man, because if I I'm was just worried like, about mm, that, I don't yeah. remember that rule. Right? Like I think Let I remember that check. rule. Let me look yeah. it up again. Yeah. yeah, I would have an ulcer if I had that concern. I must hate games or something because <laughs> I don't get worried about <laughs> rules, whatnot. I'm like, ah, I made this game better. Right. With my rules, the way well, I, I play. Think, I actually think that's a really good thing in a family context, right? Because, frankly, like, kids don't care if you get the rules perfectly. They don't. They just want to have no. a good time. Yeah, they So just if play. you make an educated guess, like, fine, whatever, and fix it the next time. Yeah. And if they're like, well, that's not how we played last time, you'd be like, well, I was wrong last time. Because yeah, you were right? annoying. Like, what do you want? <laughs> and see, that's the critical difference, Drew, between playing with your family and playing with your friends. Because your friends won't ever let you off that hook. Right. Oh, no, they won't. No, they I, won't. I have a group of people. People that I play friends with, they're like, you let us get to the end of the game and, and you told us wrong. I'm never going to let yeah, you forget right. that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's, I mean, knowing your audience is super important, right? Like, oh, sure. yeah. That's what it sure. is. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's been times my son has brought me a game that he wants to play and I'm like, okay. And it's like one, maybe I have it because, like, you know, we get them um, all the time as like creators. And so there's ones that I'm like, oh, let's try this new game. And then we'll get it open. And I'm looking through the rule book and I'm like. Mm, this looks a little lengthy for us to be playing right now. <laughs> let's, let's maybe pick a different game and I'll learn this one so that we can play right. it next time. 
Yeah, we kind of instituted like apology games for stuff like that. Like yeah. there's certain games that like my daughter <laughs> loves. My 14 year old loves them, but we just don't play them that much because yeah. we're just like as parents, we're not super in love with them. But like if we if we're like, hey, play this game with us, and she's like, oh, I don't really want to. And we drag them to the table, and then we like mm-hmm. we start to get into it. We're like, yeah, we need to figure this out more. Like we now have to play an apology game. With right. You. <laughs> and it's whatever, one off the shelf. It's whatever you want, right? Like that's it's just, a good idea. My daughter is yeah. currently obsessed with. Um, so for Mother's Day, they wanted to pick out a board game for me, and my uh, she was yeah six. My six year old at the time. <laughs> Was like, I'm gonna pick it out, and she picked out um, "Don't Wait, Granny." I think is what it's called, or like, "Granny." It's like the one. <laughs> it's like you're trying to steal treats off of Granny's little tray, and she's like sleeping in her recliner, and then right. you have to push Love the it. button. It's almost like "Don't Wake Daddy," really, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you push the button, and if she wakes up, her teeth like fly out of her mouth, and it's really fun. I mean, it's a fun <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but Great that's like, stupid that's game. Such a oh god, silly little game that like you know they just want to grab. That's easy. For for them to play quickly sure, but yeah they, they sure. want they're like they either go to that or the other one right now is um panapo by outset media games where mm-hmm. you have like different colored shapes there's like um of all kinds of different kinds and you are, are drawing cards and the cards have words on them and you draw a card you figure out uh what your card is you roll dice that have colors on them and those are the shapes you get to use to create your to get people to guess the word that you drew, huh. basically. All right. So it's just very well, creative and kind of, okay. you know, sure. like very building for them, which is good and easy. Nice. And <laughs> but my daughter will just put the most random stuff together and be like, it's an umbrella. And it like looks nothing like an umbrella. So like none of us can guess. <laughs> it's like the worst Rorschach test ever. Right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So, so Josh, did you have a did you have an agenda? Because we have destroyed your. Product, <laughs> I think this has become our agenda. How's that sound? Destroying Josh's agenda. That is the, <laughs> agenda. the agenda. That's all right. all right. That's all right. We can do that every time. All right. Well, this has been a great conversation, and it uh, looks like we're coming up on probably about the right uh, place to stop today. <laughs> this has been fun. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you all being able to get together today and kick this off properly. Uh, So with that, I think we're going to wrap things up here and we'll go around the table and everybody remind us where you can be contacted. Uh, Starting with Andrew. Oh my gosh, me again? (laughs) Anyway, whatever. No, you're in the upper left corner of my picture here. Right, I lost at Brady Bunch on this one. Circle takes the square. Whatever the reference is, you're old. I can make those references. That's right. That's right. right. Excellent. Excellent. No, um, you can find all of our stuff at thefamilygamers.com. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Family Gamers AA. You can. We have a Facebook community. Just go to Facebook and search for the Family Gamers community. We've got 600 plus members in there. If you play games with kids anywhere in your life, whether they're your kids or whether they're nieces or nephews or you're just random kids in your neighborhood and you want to lure them into your house with board games, <laughs> you can get some good ideas. Please don't do that. I don't want to be legally responsible. Right. <laughs> um, but seriously, um, there's lots of great conversations happening in the Family Gamers community on Facebook. So, um, yeah, those are kind of all the places you can also search for the Family Gamers podcast on uh, anything. It's Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, um, obviously on Apple Podcasts. You can ask your smart speaker. You can say things like, Alexa, play the Family Gamers podcast. (laughs) Nice. I hope that worked for somebody. I don't have one. It worked for me. There we go. But it is weird, like for me to say that. Uh, we don't have an echo anymore, but we used to. But I used to say that in the, in the dining room, and it would play, and it's weird to hear my voice just coming out of the speaker. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Anyway, awesome. but yeah, That's, we're all over the you place. Know you made it's it. not hard to find us. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I am important. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for me. Just just a billion places. How about you, Drew? You can find me over on any type of social media. TikTok's the primary place, but you can also find me on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you can follow my Facebook page, wherever that it is. Uh, the name is Welcome to Boredom. You can find uh, as well on the website. I use uh, card, C-A-R-R-D dot co, um, a website that helps provide a link page to all of my stuff. That is welcome to boredom dot card dot co. 
And that is where you could find all the silly videos I post daily, every single day, uh, short form content of whether that is board games that I've received, my reviews, how to plays, as well, just some silly skits, just being funny and silly. And you can make fun of me all that you like, talking about how I don't look at rule books, which I don't, so they don't <laughs> exist in my mind. Love it. So feel free to go ahead and check me out on all those social media sites. Thank you. Excellent. And Heather? So you can find me at Board Gaming Mama across all of the socials, um, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I stream on Twitch as well. Um, I stream a couple times a week on Twitch. I play a variety of board games and digital games. Um, and my website is solo, S-O-L-O dot T-O uh, slash Board Gaming Mama. That's got all of my links. It's got I try to put featured products on there. So if people might see something that I show off, I show off board games weekly on my Twitch channel um, as part of my board game of the week segment. So any of that stuff is going to be linked there and that's the best place to find me. So board gaming mama, just all one word. Love to see y'all on the socials as well. <laughs> Fantastic. And you can find my game publishing company, Salamander Games, at salamandergames.com. Uh, we're also on all of the social platforms as at Play Salamander. Uh, we also have new social media getting started for the podcast itself. Uh, there's not a lot out there at the moment, but you're welcome to join us and we will be adding to it. Uh, we are on Twitter as at Corner Game Table, on Facebook at The Corner Game Table, and our website is cornergametable.com. We look forward to having you join us again to hear more conversation about board games and how they positively affect everything that we do in our lives. So we thank you for joining us this evening, and we hope that you'll join us again in two weeks for another episode. And with that, uh, we will say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye now.